Hey listeners, before we get started, Matt and I wanted to remind you that today is the big day. Check out podcastmagazine.com to find a brand new article about the Beers and Ears podcast in the leisure sections under the radar segment. Podcast Magazine is the podcast industry's premier magazine with over 20,000 subscribers and tons of great insight into podcasts of all types. Be sure to check it out at podcastmagazine.com. Thanks for listening, and let's start the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. My name is Casey. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the wrap-up of Mandalorian Weekend. We've had a great weekend so far. We really have, and I am excited about this second part, this second roundtable, because it's not about what was, it's about what is to come for the Mandalorian. Uh, this is part two of our Mandalorian roundtable. Joining me again, of course, we have Matt. We also have returning Mr. Mike Langford. Hello, Mike. Hello. <laughs> and we also have Miss Amy Birchman. Now, Amy, can we count this as technically your third appearance on the show? I guess we can. It is the third show. There it is. And technically, Mike, this would be your second appearance. So we can officially label you friend of the pod now, too. Amazing. <laughs> Is this going to be like SNL where we keep track of how many times people have hosted and all this other stuff? We're going to have to. I think we need t-shirts. Yeah, right. I don't know if I'm allowed to use that phrase, friend of the prod, on any merch because uh, that is a uh, Pod Save America slogan, but I'm going to steal it for now. So uh, (laughs) anyway, so if you guys joined us on on Friday, uh, you know that we had a discussion about Mandalorian Season 1 of what were our likes, what were our favorite episodes, what were some of our favorite characters, our favorite arcs, kind of the the impact that particular show has had on culture. Well, this episode, today's episode, as a wrap-up to Mandalorian Weekend, is all about season two. It's coming down the pipeline. What are we most excited about? What are some of the rumors and speculation? So that is kind of what we want to uh, talk about. Now, it's very important to realize that none of us have any idea whatsoever. We just have our our <laughs> our. We Star have the Wars. internet. Yes, we have the internet and the nerdum of what do we want to see. And of course, there are some loose threads uh, and loose arcs that are that need to be tied up from episode from season number one. So we're going to kind of get into those. So before we do that, before we get into the you know, what are some of the arcs? What are some of the stories that we think we're going to see? Let's go pie in the sky. Let's go blue sky here. If we were writing the show, where would you want to see us go? What, uh, what I've, uh, what I, I think would be a good pathway to go is, uh, the development of the child. Uh, and it, it seems that not, you know, speculating on what we've heard or the new characters that are being brought into the season i'm sure we'll talk about that in uh in a bit but just what you're basing from the end of season one is that the child is going to be considered a foundling mm-hmm. uh so a you know a, a 
a child that they found that they are going to raise then in the ways of uh, of Mandalore. Uh, so I think that uh, that would be where I guess if if I was writing or if I was whoever I uh, wanted to write would be the the pathway for for season two then would be the development of the child. I'd like to get more of the lore of Mandalore, where what happened to that planet, more of their their political structure is really interesting. Again, I'm referencing Star Wars The Clone Wars. I will keep on this crusade of if you have not watched it, you absolutely should. And this is yet another reason as to why it it it's it's an interesting that planet in and it's and how it's set up is very very interesting and i'd love to see more history about that and i think we're getting that but i really hope that that's more of the focus there's a lot of rumors that obviously we're going to be trying to find the home world of the child baby yoda and i'll be honest i'm i'm excited about the development of the child as a character i'm not necessarily as excited about the development of, Hey, let's go to, let's find out what Yoda's home world is. I don't know. That just doesn't have as much of the allure to me. Um, of course I say this and that's what they're going to do. And I'm going to be like, yes, um, <laughs> but still. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask this. Cause there's been a lot of um, speculation rumor. Uh, there's also been some, some uh, cr- critique, if you will, and kind of back and forth, tit for tat, if you will, about whether or not it would be a good idea for the producers of the show to introduce elements of the Skywalker saga into this. You know, do we run into, do we see Han Solo often in the distance? Parts of the Skywalker saga, because, you know, because we're obviously in between six and seven. So, you know, do we see some of these characters from the movies intertwined into the saga and so i want to get your guys's take here on you know is that a good idea do we want to see some of the characters that we know from the skywalker saga or do we want to keep this separate or is there a way to do it that it would make sense so casey i'm going to jump in here really quickly the rumor mill um that all the articles that i have read is that we are going to see more skywalker saga characters the one that we are that i'm hearing the most rumors on is boba fett and I, I want to say, Mike, you mentioned in Friday's episode that you appreciated that these were all new characters. And so I'm curious for you, are you excited to, you know, Ahsoka Tano has obviously been um, heavily rumored, as well as a couple of other Clone Wars, Boba Fett. What's your thoughts on all that? Yeah, Ahsoka Tano is supposed to be played by Rosario Dawson. Um, if you don't know who Ahsoka Tano is, that she was part of the Jedi Order and she was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Uh, so, so she is a she is a very powerful Jedi. She was expelled from the Jedi Order because um, she was accused of a crime she didn't commit, uh, and then she didn't come back. But we see her in Star Wars Rebels, um, and then um, and then with the Boba Fett character, and then also Mandalorian, uh, an actual Mandal- Mandalorian. Uh, Bo-Katan is going to be is going to be on the show as well, and that's played by Katie Sackhoff, who was on uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica and a uh, and a few other shows um, in like a, the sci-fi world. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful for it. Uh, I think that while the you know Skywalkers are alive, because technically Casey says, like Casey said, it's be, this takes place between episodes six and seven, and while these characters are still out there, 
then then yes, then we then then they can I guess they can be they can be called upon. Um, I don't want to be too cynical of it, just because I really did enjoy how how they were bringing new characters in, but. Uh, you know, they were so confused. And so on episode eight of last season, they were very confused on, you know, they didn't really even know what Jedi were. And they're like, oh, well, he's part of a class called the Jedi. So they, they're, they're that can, you know, wield, wield the force and move things with their mind. And that's basically all they know about uh, the Jedi. I think bringing in Ahsoka Tano as a surviving member of the Jedi, that would be almost like, you know, giving him to his guild or, or whatnot. But, uh, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. I think what's really cool about Star Wars in general, and one of the reasons why I think this works, is that it's all about lens, it's all about perspective, right? So if you think about the Skywalker saga from the lens of, you know, for, for them to make that for him to make that comment of they don't even know what a what a Jedi is, that's crazy to us because we just spent, you know, nine movies, 40 plus years knowing what the Jedi were. It's part of all these other stories that have been told, but to this one group of people to, they don't necessarily know what that is. They, that's not part of their life and how reflective of that is, uh, how reflective of that, that is of just the universe in general that, you know, everyone's kind of got their own little things and then you bring them together for big moments. It'll be interesting to see how they're able to bring the, the lore, the religion of the Jedi of the force into this, especially knowing that at this point right now, you know, Luke, Luke's kind of the only one left basically in this series right now, of course, again, ah- Ahsoka, but in generally speaking, the Jedi are dead, right? So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how all that, that fans out. Amy, what about you? I want to get you in the conversation. As far as them not knowing about the Jedi, one of the things that um, posed a question in my mind from season one was with nobody knowing in this particular um, arc of the series, about the Jedi, how does the child already know how to manipulate the Force? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where where did that skill come from? I would like to see maybe how that came about. Like, who, who found him? Where did yeah, they find yeah. him? And how does he know how to manipulate the Force without the Jedi being around? Well, when you think about the two biggest the two biggest reveals of season one, they happen in episode one and they happen in episode eight, right? Episode one is the reveal of the child. And then episode Mm -hmm. eight is the reveal of the dark saber, right? So let's tackle each one of those, you know, you know, one by one, let's start with the reveal of the child. Where do you guys think that arc is going? What, 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 if you were writing that arc, if you were writing, who the child is, where the child come from, how the child got to be force sensitive. I mean, very little is known about Yoda's species up until this point. Yoda was supposedly the only one of his species. Where do you guys think this is going? What What do you guys think he is? How did he come to be? What do you guys think? I have read a few things in regards to the the Yoda Yoda species, and some theories are there can only be one at a time. Okay. Whereas since this is like the in between, Yoda's already dead. Interesting. And Interesting. now that the child is is I, and and this is just some fan theory or some articles that I've read. Um so I don't know. I don't know if I want it to go to like let's find Yoda's home planet and there be a whole bunch of them. 
I kind of like the mystery behind it, but I would like a little bit more like breadcrumbs of, you know, this is kind of where, where we think this is come. Or, I don't know. The biggest question for me is why did the remnants of the fallen empire want this child, not just captured in certain cases, but dead so badly? Right. I, that is the much more fascinating question to me than Yoda's home or baby Yoda's home world or the species home world. I want to know what, what intrigues the empire about this child so much. And how did they find out about him? Like, yeah. Like where did, where, like, I, I, like, I think that if we got some of that, like, this is where he came from and these people had him and now that the remnants want him for this I, that like I, like you said Matt that's much more interesting to me than let's go find the home planet and have a whole bunch of Yodas running around you know it's interesting to the point that you raised up there Amy about you know the fan theory of there can only be one at a time so Yoda we obviously see for the first time in Empire he, he, he dies at the end of Empire I believe right and then you know, we see him as a force ghost in, in Jedi. How many years take place between empire and Jedi? Do, do any of you guys know that? It's a couple, it's gotta be a couple years. It's not, it's like four or five, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Do we, timelines. do we have a definitive timeline or definitive placement of when the Mandalorian takes place after Jedi? Do we know how I many years? It's it supposed to be five, five years. years. Okay, so I guess from a fan theory perspective, then I don't know if the timeline would would work out on 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 Baby Yoda only because he's supposed to be fifty years old from True. from everything I've read. So if he's fifty, you know, and there can only be one at a time, but you know it, that doesn't necessarily mean that Yoda's abilities did not transfer from Yoda over to the, the to to the child or you know whatever the case may be. Mike, what do you what do you think about? Yoda or, or the child. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on where he's from, where, where they could go with him? I have to kind of side with the theory of it's almost like a, like a, like a Dalai Lama sort of, uh, sort of character is that when, <laughs> when one, when, you know, one dies, then another is, is named or absorbs a power or if he's like Avatar. Seen, it's like the Avatar. Avatar. Exactly. Avatar, Avatar, the last airbender, uh, yes. the, the series, not the movie. Don't ever yeah. watch the movie. I never saw the series. I saw the movie before anything else, before I ever saw the series. I liked the movie, but I've been told that once you watch the series, you will spit at the movie. So yeah, <laughs> anyway, back to it. Sorry. Go ahead. So, so yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the fans, like, I mean, what, we're, are we going to come to a planet of like baby Yodas or something like that? Like, I, I, just, I think that's kind of far fetched. Uh, and I think it would ruin the mystique of the character because they've already kind of built it up. Like, uh, mm -hmm. Hey, we've only seen one before and that's, and that's actual Yoda who was 900 something years old and extremely powerful with the force. And then now we have a new one, which is obviously much, much, much younger. So I think that it's going to go in the more of the realm of, you know, force has passed on and maybe there can only be one or one or of these, uh, you know, the species at, uh, at, a, at a time. You know, it makes me wonder with how, so we talked about this on Friday where each episode was kind of a self-contained episode, but then played to a much bigger uh, seasonal arc overall. 
I could see John Favreau and and Lucasfilm and everyone who's kind of involved with the creative direction of this continuing that into season two, but also making it bigger, if that makes sense. So in other words, season one, we got a little bit about the child. Season two, we'll get a little bit more about the child, but it, it's enough to keep us interested, but not to answer all the questions, right? It's just, they're, they're going to yeah. give us bigger and bigger breadcrumbs, but they're never going to give us the full answer. And I think that's the way you keep people on the hook, right? Because if, if they were to reveal everything we wanted to know about the child, you might still have your, your, your Star Wars major fans hanging on, but the lay people who tuned in just to figure out what the heck this child is all about, okay, they're going to move on, right? You don't want to, that's their biggest asset in a lot of ways regarding the show. Do you guys agree with that? I do. Yes. I mean, that's just, that's just good storytelling. Like it, it, it would be a really boring story if in chapter one you went, all right, here's everything about all of these characters. All right, come on with us. You'd be like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> right. Yep, absolutely. Again, it's, it's, you, you had mentioned it last episode, which is it's kind of the, the MCU effect. Each one's its own self-contained thing. And I can see each season being its own little self-contained breadcrumb that's going to lead to the bigger picture about what the child is. And, and this is where I think if Favreau's really good at what he does, which I, I do believe he is on a moment's notice, if it appears as though, you know, at some point long into the future, season three, season four, season five, Disney decides to pull the plug. He can then write the remainder of the story into whatever that season is. That's going to get pulled. So I think, you know, that's what good storytelling is all about is that you prepare to extend it out as long as you possibly can but you also prepare to self-contain it when the time time finally comes to end it. So let's turn our attention then to the other big reveal, the dark saber, Matt, I know this is the one you're most excited about. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> M- Moff Gideon, right? Dark saber. Yes. Where did he get it? How did he get it? Why does he have it? How is it going to play? Go. So for, for those of you that are not, um, watching the cartoons, which again, I'm going to continue my crusade, watch them. Uh, <laughs> correct me if I am wrong. Um, um, but the dark saber is last seen with, um, a character that Mike just mentioned, uh, Bo-Katan, um, who is part, she's a, Ma- a Mandalorian, um, who plays a very big role in clone wars and in, um, uh, rebels. And so to me, that's the last we see of it. And now Moff Gideon has it. And so that's the whole like, wait a minute, what happened? And, and, and that to me is what happened? I want to know. Now, is this the same timeline as the cartoons? What do you like, mean by it, so Like, is the Mandalorian taking place on a parallel timeline as, as, um, Clone Wars or Rebels or, or whatever. Like, help me out here again as somebody who's not seen the series. When when are the timelines of Rebels? When is the timeline of Clone Wars? So Clone Wars is in between movies two and three. So it's so that's a while ago. That's that's um, so that was a while. Yeah, that's a yeah while back. Um, and then Rebels is between three and four. It's the beginning seeds of this rebellion. So it's a fair amount of time. That is ha- that has passed. Yeah, because I mean, you figure three. You know, Anakin has become Darth Vader. It's been set. Well, obviously, it's been at least eighteen years because uh, Luke and Leia grow up. 
So that's 18. They're, how old? They're, they're about 20-ish or so, 19-ish. Yeah, I think and, they were supposed to be a, like 19 or 20. Yeah, and, and A New Hope. And then there's you know a, several years pass in between A New Hope and then uh, um, you know Jedi. So so we're, we're talking then, if that takes place between 3 and 4, we're talking at least maybe 20 years from when you last saw the Darksaber to now. Is that basically right, Matt? Yeah, I mean minimum. So I, I, I'm I'm just I'm so fascinated with where that comes in. And while I do think there is an element that it's nice not to have Jedi and Force wielders and lightsabers, I am excited about the potential bringing in Ahsoka Tano and talking at the end of season one. You know, they 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 tease like, yes, he's a part of this group of people called the Jedi. They had these powers. And then the Darksaber, you open to some really cool action sequences or potential cool action sequences of lightsaber battles amongst people that are not necessarily Jedi. I mean, Moff Gideon, unless, who knows, maybe he is, is not a Jedi or a Sith. He's just a bad dude that wields a a lightsaber. So that actually is a really interesting question. And Mike or Amy, I'll, I'll pose this to you. You know, the directors of season two, Favreau, you know, the whole creative team, they have the, a choice kind of of where do they want to pick up? Like season, you know, episode one, where do you think creatively you think they might pick up? Is it going to happen immediately after the events of episode eight? Do you think we're going to be a, a year down the pipeline? You know, there's there's really an opportunity here for them to kind of go multiple different directions what do you think would be the best route for them to take i think they would pick up almost right after because of all the questions that that posed with that that ending sequence Mm -hmm. i don't i don't believe that skipping forward of a lot is going to necessarily be beneficial to them i mean they have the on their side that the child ages slowly being as he's only 50 years old. So they wouldn't have to rework the puppetry too much if they did want to skip forward. But I would like to see more. I mean, I, I, on Matt, I haven't watched the cartoons, but you've convinced me to go and start watching them. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I, so I don't know a lot about the dark saber in itself because i haven't watched that platform yet mike what do you think okay so that dark saber is awesome uh (laughs) (laughs) um uh and and yeah it's it's almost i mean it it, in terms of history on the dark saber it was something that the mandalorian stole from the jedi temple like a thousand years ago so it's like they're most and they're almost i mean so mandalorians are uh like a warrior class of people. Uh, that was what the, like the foundation of their society was built on. And they were a neutral planet. They weren't really, uh, you know, they weren't really involved with, uh, with the Republic and kind of did their own thing, but it was almost kind of like a prized possession of like, Oh yeah. The all powerful Jedi. Yeah. Well, we stole this, this sweet sword from you. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so then, you know, them getting it back and there's, you know, in, in the, the, the series, there were, lightsaber battles with uh, the dark saber and, you know, regular Jedi or, uh, or Sith. And it was uh, uh, really, really, uh, really neat. Uh, but in terms of, in terms of, uh, of, of timeline for the, for, for the show, I think that 
the old Imperial Guard, which, uh, you know, so the Moth or the character in the first uh, first movie the um, that was after the child. I mean, they were, there was a never ending onslaught. They were always trying to find him. So I think if we t- have it take place a year later, then, you know, what have we missed in between? Uh, so I think that the powers that be um, are going, it's going to be a never ending onslaught trying to get this, uh, get this kid again. So I, I think the series would probably be better off taking, uh, taking place um, shortly after uh, the season one finale. I think there's a number of creative ways they could go about it too. I mean, they obviously could pick right back up. Another thing that I see a lot of uh, producers and directors and, and writers do is they'll do that thing to where, you know, they'll start season one and season one is a year later or two years later, but then all of the episodes that come after it basically are, are basically period pieces of here's what led up to this point. And then we get to the season finale where we're back caught up in our timeline. We've seen all the history of what's taking place. And then something major happens in season, you know, in episode eight or whatever, that could be a way that they could go about it too. Um, I think there's a number of ways that they could add a lot of suspense. I don't necessarily know if they need to do that though, either. I think that the, the show itself is already suspenseful enough that they could just go just regular timeline and, and, and be just fine. Well, and Let's Casey, talk- there's, there are two moments that are also loose ends from season one. One of them that really aren't necessarily like major players, but honestly are questions that I have. One of them is from episode five, where um, this is when the Mandalorian is teaming up with this rookie bounty hunter. And mysterious figure, right? The mysterious figure at the end? Yeah, the mysterious figure yeah. comes up to the, the, the dead person. And who is that? And yeah. again, there's tons of rumors out there. Some people say it's Boba Fett. Some, and, and so th- there's that loose end. And then the, you know, we've hit on the two big ones that people are excited about, but if you listen to Friday's episode, but we talk about how episode six was a huge highlight for us. And that episode ends with revealing that the Mandalorian did not kill the crew, but locked them away in that prison. And so that to me means those people are coming back. And yeah. I want the episode where the Mandalorian runs in with those people again. I want that <laughs> episode so bad. <laughs> Do you know about our partner, Riss and Cal, the makers of the Frills cell phone accessory line? In a galaxy far, far away, technology seems to be out of this world. You can order a touch of that technology with Frills wireless earbuds. With amazing quality that you get from the more expensive branded ones, you can pay just a third of the price. Frills offers other accessories like a multi-charging station, silicone accessories for your earbuds, and even a magnetic charger as well. The best part is, if you use the coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, you'll get a $10 gift of your choice. Oh yeah, don't forget that a portion of your profits for every item sold through Riss and Cal goes to help a charity in need. So go to fourfrills.com shop and enter coupon code BEERS at checkout. Get great quality at a great price and help support great causes. Back to the show. Well, and here's another, you know, thing that I think is important for us to talk about too. And, and you had mentioned Boba Fett. You know, we, we already have the casting of Ahsoka Tano, so we know she's going to be in it. Boba is rumored to be in this. That's another path that 
they can go because according to timeline, Boba's dead. <laughs> so like, how do they bring him back? How is that possible? Like, did he survive the fall? You know, th- th- there's a number of things there that, you know, uh, that I think we need to look at too, in terms of that's a whole branch. I, what I love about what Favreau and his entire creative team have done is they have left so many branches that they can go to create a much larger, larger universe. Let me ask this. This is a kind of a turn the tables conversation now. What could they do that would ruin it? What, what direction could they head into that to you would be uh, that was not the direction I wanted them to go. What could they do here that would make it not so enjoyable to watch? I don't mind if they lean a little bit into things from the Skywalker saga, but let's not go bananas here. Like I don't, I don't need. Hey, look, it's Luke Skywalker. Hey, look, it's Han Solo. Hey, look, like I, I, I don't like just if you want to make them guest star in a meaningful way, fine. But I don't want like a, like a, eh, 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 see, you guys know this guy. It's like, I, I just, I just don't need that. Like tell, you're telling a great original story already. Don't like go bananas and nutso with, all right, well, we got to fit as many Skywalker references as we possibly can. And that just, to me, that would just not be as fun. Yeah, I would have to agree. And I, I guess I'll, I'll elaborate on what, uh, what Matt was saying is that, you know, we, this is a this is a brand new thing. I think this is drawing a a new audience um, to the franchise, and they don't need to do everything possible to appease all the fanboys. Okay, yes, everybody loves loves these old characters, but like they they had their story arc, and if again, yes, it, if it's if it's relevant to the story. And it's meaningful, but if you're just going to show, like in The Rise of Skywalker, I mean, they showed Wedge Antilles piloting uh, uh, an X-Wing, which, if you don't know about anything about Wedge, is that he was, like, the only pilot in the first trilogy, uh, episode four, five, and six, to, to not get blown up. <laughs> um, and, it, it, yeah. it, and it was like they snuck him in there for two seconds. It was like, why? What was even the point of that? Because uh, the actor had been interviewed and he's like, I don't want to do this. This is, I mean, so they must've signed him, cut him a check, but it was like, you know, it's not really needed. So if it's meaningful to the story, yes. But if they bring all these characters back in uh, just to um, appease, you know, the, uh, the base that wants that, I, I think you're going to lose it. So cameo for cameo's sake, just don't do it kind of thing. Right. I completely agree on all, on all of those points. I think the beauty of the Mandalorian is that it is a, own story and as i'm i mean i am an original fan but i don't need the i don't need the skywalker stuff mixed in unless unless it is pertinent to the storyline um the other thing like that we touched on it a little bit that would ruin it for me is i think if we did find like the yoda home planet and have a whole bunch of little yodas running around Mm -hmm. the 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 mystery behind yoda and in not knowing full on the whole background of him is part of his allure to me. Mm-hmm. And while I would like breadcrumbs, I don't need a full on, here you go. Here's all the answers. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you all on that one. And I think there's two other, two other things for me that could potentially not just, not necessarily just ruin it for me, but 
ruin it in general. One is something that not really realizing that they did it, they established it already, so they need to continue. And that is don't over-merchandise it. Um, my, my, you know, when, when Disney is, is oftentimes known for creating movies to sell product, just as they are to sell product that from a movie, what I don't want to see them do here is yes, we're going to see an uptick in, uh, in, in child merchandise and Mandalore merchandise. I get that, but they've got to be very careful not to oversaturate the market to where people want to kind of turn the other way from it because there's too much they mm-hmm. gotta be very careful about that i i would argue that part of the reason why star wars through the years has kind of seen this up and down roller coaster has been through the years they have overcapitalized um on on merchandise all dating back to when they were they underestimated how popular the original movie was going to be and so there was the shortage of the original merchandise and they've since tried to play catch up on every movie i don't think they need to do that with this i think that they (laughs) take a take a lesson from tie incorporated in the beanie baby craze of the 90s right you guys remember yeah Yeah. beanie babies the reason why beanie babies remained in the public conscious for as long as it did was because they made a point of bringing new merchandise out, but retiring old merchandise, old merchandise. They always had a supply and demand. So don't oversaturate the market with the merch on this because you run the risk of potentially turning people off. And to Mike's point, those same fanboys, the, or, or maybe not the, the hardcore fans, I should say, they're going to say, ah, oh, that's Disney trying to commercialize everything, you know, and then, then you turn them off and you really don't want to do that because what this particular series has shown is frankly put uh it can relate to fanboys and hardcore fans and grandmas alike right the second the second thing i will will add and this is more of a hope than anything which is i hope that john favreau didn't do what kathleen kennedy and jj abrams and the directors of the sequel trilogy did which is come into this with a piecemeal approach of we're going to take one movie at a time without a coherent strategy. The biggest complaint of force awakens last Jedi and rise of Skywalker is you can tell that it was three different directors with three different priorities. And Abrams spends half the movie of rise of Skywalker trying to erase uh, what, what Ryan Johnson did in last Jedi. What I am hoping Favreau has done here is that he's got a master treatment somewhere locked up in a vault somewhere of where he sees this entire arc progressing and it's fine to branch off into different stories but if he doesn't have a master arc he better start writing that damn thing now. I trust John Favreau like look at his work that he's done with live action Jungle Book in my mind is is a great live action remake um um, his work with Iron Man and um, and and that trilogy, like really, really well done. And so I'm 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 confident in the work that he does. So I, I I'm not necessarily nervous about that, but I do agree with you, Casey. Yeah. Casey, any thoughts? Go and watch the gallery. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. So it'll make Amy, you feel better. 
Amy, Amy has has referenced this both last episode and this episode. So on Disney Plus, there has been a companion series that has been released, um, kind of about the making of the Mandalorian. You get the directors together. So yeah, I, I definitely need to go and, and watch it. I started watching it, but I haven't finished it. So that that's definitely going to be on my to do list to watch. They have approached all of these episodes and this series as they would an animated feature. Oh, okay. So they had to storyboard it. They had to, and they call it pre-viz, and they do like all this visualization of the actual episode and or series prior to beginning filming because of the technology they're using to film it. It's almost needed in order to make sure that they don't have to go back and fix it. Hearing those conversations they had during watching the gallery, it, it's it'll give you a peace of mind knowing that he does have a plan and they, they are not just flying by the seat of their pants. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Mike, any thoughts on that? Well, uh, I think that John Favreau is a fantastic writer and, and not only um, actor and, and just kind of a, it kind of does, uh, a, you know, a person of all trades in uh, uh, the Hollywood aspect. But uh, anybody that's uh, writing a, a good show, they already have it in their brain of a, you know, a, what a five season story arc is. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that there is a clear path. And Casey, I 100% agree with you is that with the new sequels, there there wasn't that that path of, hey, each writer director can have their own take on something. But this is you know, this is the, the line that's going to go across. And and a lot of people, I think, had a much more appreciation of the prequel movies uh, after seeing uh, the new the new content out there, just because in episode one, two and three, hey, there's some things that we love. There's some things that we absolutely do not, but it still follows a clear story <laughs> path. We've had a chance to kind of go pie in the sky. What do we want to see? The way I want to end this is, all right, what is one episode do you, that you think they will absolutely have um, in season two? Like based on everything you know about season one, not just what do you want to see, but what is one episode that you absolutely believe that they're going to go there? And what would the what's the story of that episode going to be? Matt, I'm going to start with you. I think they're going to do something with the Fets whether it's Boba Fett or Boba Fett's kid or cousin or uncle's third cousin twice removed, who knows? I think they are going to put something in about the Fets that um, connects to the greater story of, of Mandalore. I think that is going to be part of season two. Beautiful. Mike, how about you? Uh, well, I think that, uh, in terms of the old Imperial and how kind of that it's almost like a crime syndicate now and maybe how that works is because we just kind of got a taste of that in, in the last, uh, uh, last two episodes when like this battalion of, of soldiers uh, run by uh, Moff Gideon uh, come down and, you know, maybe who he answers to or what their whole plan of operation is, or if they're just as ragtag as, uh, as everyone else out there. So I think we'll, we'll find out uh, more about that. I think that we're going to get more into the Mandalorian ways. And I think there might be more of a focus on some of that with this next season. Awesome. I'm going to go out of the box on this one. I think it's going to be small, but I would not be surprised if we don't see, even if it's just a small little sliver 
of kind of an ember of origins of the first order somewhere where maybe they're on a planet, something set. I, I think that we're at that point to where it, it's not going to be connected to anything major, but I think we're going to see something about it, about the first order to where they're going to start to bridge the divide between, you know, four five and six, seven, eight, nine. And this is a way for them to be able to do that. I think that would be really cool in there. And again, it might not have anything to do with the story arc of, of Mando and, and, and the child. I just think we'll see it somewhere mixed in there. Any final thoughts on Mandalorian season two, season one, any final wrap up thoughts as we uh, start to close out the show? Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. I am just, uh, I'm super excited. I'm so happy that they were able to do all the the live action filming uh, before the shutdown, because I think they they finished uh, filming in February. So then now while everyone's, you know, all their editors and whatnot have been quarantined. As long as they have a good computer and a uh, and an internet connection, they can they can do all the uh, uh, spot editing that they need to do. So I'm glad that that uh, uh, this is going to be unaffected by uh, by COVID. So I'm I'm really excited for that. I agree. I agree. How about you, um, Amy? Same. I I'm I'm really excited that this wasn't affected and that we'll get that second season sooner than later as opposed to some of my other stuff that may not be coming up for a few. Matt, any final thoughts on your end? I mean, I'll echo the excitement, but I think what long-term is, my hope is that they really now lean into more Star Wars series. They've proven that it's a, it's a medium, not just with the live action Disney Plus, but both Clone Wars and Rebels are beloved by fans. I, I think you are going to talk to more fans that like Mandalorian, Clone Wars, and Rebels more than dislike it. Whereas I don't think you can say that with a lot of movies. I mean, I, I don't know with the prequels whether you could say, yes, absolutely, more people love it than hate it. With the new trilogy, yes, more people love it than hate it. Obviously, I think with the original trilogy, you can say more people love it than hate it, but recently, not so much. So I, I think this is a medium they really need to lean into, and there's so many stories you can tell, and because of the success of The Mandalorian, and my, hopefully continued success, my hope is that they now are going, all right, this is what this is the content that people are enjoying. We've figured out the formula of how to do it well. Let's keep doing it. Well, and let's be very realistic here, too. I mean, Disney took a huge hit uh, with with the closures of not only the theme parks, but all their movie studios of movie theaters in general. And while movie theaters are going to come back online at some point in the future, we don't necessarily know how uh, profitable they're going to be. I mean, AMC, the biggest one in the country, has already announced that they potentially might not open at all because uh, of, of the last 90 days and being closed down. So for Disney to have this streaming platform of Disney+, Plus, this gives them the ability to make direct-to-consumer content. I could see a situation where there's a Disney Plus basic and then there's a Disney Plus 
premium and there's a Disney plus gold, I mean, they could really start to create situations where they can capitalize, you know, on a profit perspective uh, on movies and, and television, movie, television shows, things like this. This is the future of entertainment in a lot of ways. And I think Disney is realizing that more than ever before with what's happened. So I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. And I am so excited to see where this uh, this season goes and where the series goes. I mean, this has the potential to run for several seasons. Okay, it is closing time. Matt, if they would like to get a hold of us, how do they do that? You can join our Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. Um, we've got a really fun group. We've been putting out some great content. Um, let's, let's get as many people in on that. We love having more of our Beers and Ears family. Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928, and our email as well, Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com, Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. Send us an email, let us know your thoughts on season two, or just say, Hi, I'm sending you an email because I want to say hi, and that'd be awesome too. As always, <laughs> rate and review us, five stars, five stars, and new episodes come out uh, every Tuesday and Friday. Yeah, this has been an amazing uh, two days worth of roundtable discussion. And Matt, I know you want to do it just as much as I want to. I want to extend a very heartfelt thank you to our two guests, Mike and Amy. Um, Thank you guys so much for being with us over the last couple of days. I hope you guys had fun. I had a blast. Thanks for having me again. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And Matt, I don't know. I'm going to put this out there right now. Um, when season two uh, takes place, I think we need to have Mike and Amy back to see if any of our predictions came true. What do you think? Oh, I mean, I think we've pretty much cemented them as our Mandalorian crew right now. <laughs> it's funny. I was going to suggest that, Casey. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think so. I think we need to have you back. I mean, maybe not after every episode, but I think maybe we do like a, a mid-season kind of recap of where we're at, and then we do a, a, a end-season recap and, and see did any of the stuff that we predicted um, uh, kind of come to fruition where, where we're going. But I will say this. Favreau has not let us down. Uh, you guys have all said it. Favreau is an amazing creative director, producer, writer, just creative genius. I think we've got some surprises in store that even we can't think about right now. And that's what excites me most about this. What about you guys? You think you agree with that? Yes. Yep. 100%. All right. Let us raise our glasses. This has been on us, ladies and gentlemen. We want to say thank you so much. Uh, And um, I have spoken. So have a wonderful rest (laughs) of your... uh, Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody, and we'll see you real soon. Bye, everyone. I have spoken. <laughs>